Lord, it's good to worship you. Jesus Christ, you are the image of the invisible God. And we worship you, Jesus, the one who's been made known to us, who shows us the heart of the Father and leads us. We thank you that your spirit is here and it's alive within us. And we pray, Lord, that as we open up your word, that it will nourish us by faith. We see you might see you more clearly, that you'll be magnified in our lives. So, Lord, we give you all the thanks and praise. You're worthy of our worship. All of God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. Well, the next 16 weeks, we're going to be in a fantastic journey as we get into the book of Romans. And we're going to work through it and we've called it the gift because what we see as Paul unfolds in his theology is he sees Jesus as the great gift that we receive, the great gift that we grow in, and then the great gift that we pass on to others. And it's going to be an incredible journey. I pray that you would engage with it in a very deep way and you could get ready with your Bible or your phone now because we're going to open up to Romans chapter 1 and work through it. And I encourage you to work through it with me, uh, looking at the Scriptures. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, just recently we were on uh, leave and spent some time in Kiama, which is just south of Wollongong, a beautiful place with great surf. And because you've got great surf, you've got some surf shops. And we as a family went up the main street and popped into one of the surf shops in Kiama. And all of us went in, Rach and I, the four kids, Everyone was all doing their thing. And then I was just looking at some hoodies which were just on, hanging on the wall. As I was looking at it, I got this tap on the shoulder and I looked and it was the young female staff member working at the surf shop. I expected her to say, can I help you? But she didn't. She said these words, are you a dad? And I thought, we're the only ones in the shop. You look around, if you can't tell that I'm a dad here with all those kids looking the same as us two, then... What are you going to get at? And she said, are you a dad? I said, yes, I'm, I am a dad, actually. And she said, there's a spider in the back door. <laughs> I said, okay. And she said, uh, I'm just wondering, because you're a dad, if you can get rid of the spider. And I said, okay. I said, do you want that spider to be alive or not alive? And she said, I don't care. She said, what I do want is it sits in the corner over there where that door is open, and what I don't want is that when I go to close that door, that spider runs into the shop, or if it doesn't do that, for me to hear the crunch of that door closing. I said, I understand. So I bravely went and got this huntsman and removed it. Unalive. It's not living, that spider. But I thought, isn't it interesting that this girl needed a dad? Needed a dad. Is that like that in your household? The dad does certain things? Kind of helps out with those areas? But since we all kind of carry roles and things we do, are you a mum? What is it that you particularly do? What defines your function? Or are you a teacher and you teach? Or are you a farmer and you farm? Or are you own a business and you have to run the business? Or are you in the public service and serve the public? Or are you in the health profession and you 
do something because you're in the health profession? Or are you retired and who knows what you do? <laughs> we all have these things that we are do because of the titles that we have. Here, Paul writes to this church in Rome and he writes to them as believers. He says, you're a believer and because you're a believer, there are some things that you need to know and there are some things that you need to do. And Paul writes this, having been someone who has worked out his salvation and what it means to be transformed by the love of Jesus Christ and to grow and live in that and then to live in this life as a believer. See, he writes to the church at Rome in AD 57, some 30 plus years or some around 30 years since Jesus had died and rose again. He's lived out this faith. He's known as someone who has been transformed as he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and transformed and then changed from someone who persecuted those who believe to being a great believer himself and planting churches and encouraging people to live in the great love of Jesus Christ in a total different way that they'd ever known. And then he brings the very best of living this out over so many decades and he condenses it into this beautiful letter to the church at Rome and he writes to it from Corinth, talking about longing to be with them, to share deeply of the gift of Jesus Christ and a spiritual gift, to share it with them, to build them up. And this book of Romans actually sits with great prominence within our canon of our scriptures. See, it sits after the four Gospels which talk about the life and mission of Jesus, his person and his work. And then you have the Acts of the Apostles and the work of the Holy Spirit and the church getting going. And then Romans sits right after that. It's because it's got some of the most beautiful theology and understanding of God condensed in it as Paul has lived it, studied it, appropriated it, and then brought the very best of his synopsis together and located it into this letter. And he writes to the believers there. And you know what? I'm going to start at Romans chapter 1, verse 16, near the end of this text which was given to me for today. Paul writes this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That is saying to those who have taken on the special work as God's people, but then to everyone, the whole Greek world, and then to all the Gentiles. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I love it how he starts there. This is someone who has suffered for his faith. This is someone who's been persecuted, whipped. He shows the scars for it. And he says, you know what? In all of that, I am not ashamed. I am proud of the God who loves me in Jesus Christ, this good news that I have, and I will gladly share of it. I go, Paul, you, you do that so well. You own it. He says, this is the power of God for salvation. And here what he's saying is saying, if you delve into the depth of this salvation that you have in Jesus Christ, there are deep implications for it. And he says, you wear that proudly. You've been bought with a price. But you are loved by God and Jesus Christ is your saviour. 
and you've been given a new life in him to live out and you wear that. You will not be ashamed of it because you know the power of God. And essentially what Paul is saying then is the depth of your salvation lives itself out in your life. And so we go then to verse 1 where Paul starts to say where the authority comes from for him, his validity, he signs it, he then talks about the doctrine which is key for him, it's sealed, and then it is delivered to these people in Rome. Verse 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, that's how he defines himself. He says, I'm a slave to no one except for Jesus Christ. You know what? People are slaves to all sorts of things. They're held captive by them. But Paul knows that he's been set free by Jesus Christ and he is only a slave to him now. For that is where true freedom lies, friends. He says, I've been called to be an apostle. He sees himself in that apostolic realm. He said, set apart for the gospel of God. See, this is the thing, friends. You choose Jesus, you know the power of your salvation, you're going to be different. It's not just adopting a new philosophy and just kind of going on as things are just all the same. No, you experience the depth of your salvation. You are changed. You know what? Each one of you are a little bit weird now. You've been set apart, a little bit different, because you're living to a different set of values, the kingdom of God. You are continually being shaped by the love of Jesus Christ and by his word, and you've been set apart for the gospel of God. Now, what Paul does here now is he talks about how this has been the narrative of Christian history and the work of God as it's built up right through back even to the Old Testament. He says, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, and here we go, who was descended from David in that lineage according to the flesh. And what we have here is one of the most beautiful start to the doctrine that we have as believers, that Jesus Christ was fully human and, of course, fully God. He says, He was of the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, this is important. When we seek to understand God, having a Saviour who has walked on this earth means we have a God who understands the plight of all that we have. We don't have a God who is distant, who is impersonal, but a God who relates very specifically to us. And so Jesus, the flesh, and also full of the Spirit of God. And then Paul goes on to say this, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Friends, this Christian faith has only been going for a few decades. And here Paul already has a great vision for how this can transform the world. This can go across all nations, and it has. This is a faith which will hold true. This is a faith which will nourish you. It is a faith which will be shared. And it's done by this simple work, that those who choose Jesus choose to be obedient in faith. And what obedient in faith means is that you choose to be a disciple. Now, our church has a mission statement that we would make disciples who make disciples. Each time you grow in your faith as a disciple and each time you encourage someone else to grow as a disciple, this great faith is being passed down. It's the obedience of faith. And he says, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Here in these verses, such great strength that you are called to belong to this great work that God is doing, part of his family. And then he says, to all those in Rome 
who are loved by God and called to be saints. You could easily take out the word Rome and put Hope Valley there. To all those in Hope Valley who are loved by God and called to be saints. See that? You're loved by God. You're called to be different. You're a saint made right with God through Jesus Christ. And then he says, and this is the way in which you are to come to each other, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The reality is that most of our world is set up in conflict, defining ourselves against what we're against, breaking up communities, holding our line, and yet Paul says the way that we are to come together is through grace and peace. To do that first and to want peace for another. And a peace can only come from God. And so he there is calling these believers in Rome to know how greatly they are loved, to know that they are saints and to know that there is a grace and peace which comes to them. I think what Paul is really doing here is he is calling out the very best of them. He's going, you know what? You've got a mission there in Rome. You know God and I'm going to strengthen you and you'll have to come together and hold on to these truths because it will be a threat. He says, but you are to be set apart and God will use you. You know, I was thinking about what this actually means and I can see Paul kind of saying to these people, look, be pillars in your community. Be people who others can learn about the faith from, who are just deeply present and located. And I think every good church is built on pillars, individuals and families who say, you know what, we don't just go to church or we don't just go to just participate in a program. No, fundamentally, to the very core of our being, we know how much Jesus has loved us and saved us, has given us life and a hope, and we simply are. We are simply the church. We are simply wherever we go. We're not just rocking up, but we are present with this gospel alive in us. Churches are built on pillar families, on pillar individuals who don't just see themselves as rocking up, but are simply there, embodying the very faith that they have. It's interesting because the winter season of the basketball started up yesterday and the Hope Valley Heat has 17 teams. That's pretty good. We're looking for 17 premierships. But what was interesting was that yesterday afternoon, a bunch of our teams were playing at Golden Grove. And might have been four or five games, all kind of in that afternoon arena. So we rocked up, and there's just Hope Valley Heat uniforms everywhere, the red and blue. But what was interesting for me is because we reach out to so many in our community you could see where the kids were connecting. But what I could see as I looked out across all the supporters there is, uh, yep, they're a pillar family. Yep, those people embody the values. Yep, there's a pillar person. And in amongst all that group of which are gathering around the heat, you could tell the ones that know why they're there. You could tell the ones who are saying, it's not just about the basketball. It's about an opportunity to connect and relate. And there was a kindred spirit amongst us, in amongst all the others who we're friendly with. We're going, yep, I know why they're there. I know why they're coaching. 
I know why they're relating in that way. Because they said, we're pillars in our community. Friends, as Christians, we can never be consumers of their faith. We are always to step into that place. How can I simply be a pillar who is there? And we stand on this. Paul goes on. He says this. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. I just love that, the vision. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. What a great man of faith Paul is. He just prays. When he can't be there, when he can't be right in front of it, he prays for these people, giving thanks for them. And he says this, you can hear the longing in his heart. I long to see you, and listen to this, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. So I fundamentally believe that as you are saved in Jesus Christ and become a Christian, that the Holy Spirit then starts to work in you and bring a spiritual gift into your life. Each one of you, the Holy Spirit, has a gift for you to use for the building up of the body. And as we use it, each one as a member, it builds this amazing thing called the church, a spiritual gift. Paul understands that he's got a spiritual gift. And he says, I long to impart to you this gift, a spiritual gift. For what reason? To strengthen you. Friends, when we are using our spiritual gifts, it strengthens the body. When we see someone who might be just struggling a little bit or weakened, and we use our spiritual gift to lift them up, their faith can be nourished and they are strengthened. What I love, though, about how Paul does this, now you must understand that Paul was probably the most famous Christian going around. The way in which he travelled, built churches, wrote, he was up there. And he was up there before he became a Christian in the Jewish faith, transformed and then up there in the way in which he went about his business. But this is what he says. He says, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. What he fundamentally understands is, I don't just come in and just kind of one-way direction in all this. He says, I am as broken as the rest of you. I need what you've got for me just as much as I can give to you. And he says, together we are strengthened. It is a beautiful, humble approach that he takes. He could easily say, hey, I've got it all worked out and I'm just going to give it to you. Or he could be all protective of all the stuff that he's got. He says, no, but he's humble enough saying, what is it that you can speak into my life? And so each of us, spiritual gift, humbly sharing it with each other, strengthens us as God's people. He goes on, he simply says, I simply want to see some harvest among you. I want to see more of the good work of God. And so what is it that we are to do with this? Well, firstly, this week, friends, take pride in your Christian faith. Just hold it and go, yeah, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's transformed me. Secondly, grow as a believer. Explore the depth of your salvation, what it means for you. Understanding of a spiritual gift, how you might be set apart, what you can do. Read Romans all the way through. Join a small group. Engage with the studies. And thirdly, just as Paul is imploring those at Rome, I implore you as God's people here at Hope Valley, as much as you possibly can, become a pillar in God's church, in our community, for the sake of the gospel. There are so many people who need you, who lean on you and rely on you, and God places you to be a pillar in that place. We've got such a mission before us. 
And when we do it together and hold each other up, God does amazing things. And my deep prayer is that there will be many salvations, that there will be people's lives transformed, and the Holy Spirit moves in such power in this place that we'll boast and give glory to God for what he's doing in our midst. Amen? That's what we do together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gospel, the power of salvation to save through Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank you for the gift that he is into our lives and we will celebrate and rejoice in the joy of our salvation. And Lord, we thank you that in that salvation there's so much more that you call us into and what an adventure and a joy it is to be used and to serve you. Lord, as we grow as believers, as we understand that we are, yeah, set apart, we are called to be pillars in our community, to bear witness to you in all that we do. And Lord, I pray that as we grow, we would impart a spiritual gift, that we'd strengthen each other, and by your grace, may our church be full of your Holy Spirit moving amongst us in such a beautiful way that we see incredible things happen in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, come. Make us new once more. We celebrate new life that you give us in Jesus. And wherever it is that you might be on the belief spectrum, may today you just fall a little bit more deeper in love Jesus Christ, your Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, let us stand together. We sing this beautiful song.